Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other. And we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message. You guys may be seated. Uh, it's good for the soul to confess who lost it and laughed. It was, oh, there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. That's great. I didn't, I didn't think through the whole messing up the uh, prayer time. So here's the deal. You can tell what I'm going to do by what I'm wearing that day. So for the most part, I am uh, pretty much a jeans and t-shirt type of guy, even during meetings. If I ever show up to a meeting with you and I have any buttons on my shirt, you are somebody special. So that, you know, that's uh, one time I remember my son saw me leaving the house and he was like, whoa, what is going on? That must be really important meeting because I actually had my shirt tucked in and had buttons all the way down. And I was like, yeah, it is. I was going to the bank to talk about a loan for the church. And so that was an important show. So a couple of weeks, uh, or it's been a couple of months ago now, um, I wore this on a Saturday, and Mel's like, hey, what are, you, what are you doing? I said, I'm going outside. I'm growing out a beard, and I've got a dead tree in the backyard. I'm going to cut it down. I am a lumberjack. And so I had my overalls on, and I went out and cut a dead tree, cut up for firewood. Uh, I don't actually have, um, you know, I'm kind of a reader, so it made me feel manly that day. So this is what I wear when I've got work to do. This is what I wear when I go outside and I'm doing yard work, I'm, doing, I'm cleaning up, I'm doing that. And I wore this today because we have work to do. I wore this today because we have the most amazing opportunity next week, but we've got work to do to capture it and to make it happen. Jesus Christ has cleared the way completely through his humility and coming to earth, through his death on the cross. He has cleared the way, but you and I have work to do to make sure that the world that we come in contact with hears and understands that message. So today I want to wear this and work clothes because I want to remind us we've got work to do. Now, if you're uh, familiar, if you're in my family, or especially if you're on staff here at River Valley, you know that I use the phrase a lot, shuck the corn. Shuck the corn means we don't just do work, we get it done. We make it happen. There's an end product in mind. And you and I have got to shuck the corn. So I'm going to challenge you today in not only working, but working to actually see a result in people coming to faith in Jesus Christ. So let's shuck the corn. Here we go. Romans chapter 9 and 10. So we're going to stop multiple times. We're going to pray multiple times in, in this service as well because we want to see God work. So, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Uh, switch that. Rome, just go there. All right, Romans 9, verse 33. All right, so uh, Romans 9, 33 is where we're starting. Uh, Paul writes to the church at Rome, and he says, As I have written, look, I am putting a stone in Zion to stumble over, a rock to trip over, and the one who believes in him will not be put to shame. So Paul says, look, there's a stumbling block, and his name is Jesus. There's a stumbling block that people will come up to, and then all of a sudden, they're going to have to make a decision. In other words, it's not all smooth sailing in the gospel. And the stumbling block is the gospel of Jesus Christ that says, you are a sinner. 
You have offended through your willful actions a holy and reverent God who now brings his wrath against sin. That's where the gospel starts. See, we live in a world that absolutely mitigates that message. We live in a world that says, you do you. Just whatever. I mean, just be you, do you. I mean, think about how much is portrayed in the world today that wouldn't have even been talked about in private a generation ago. You just do you. Well, the gospel is the exact opposite. The gospel is when you do you, bad things happen. Don't do you. Uh, learn from the fact that when you do it your way and your timing, that you are a bad captain of your own ship. So instead, we come to the gospel of Jesus Christ that says, look, you've kind of messed up your life. And because of that, that's a stumbling block. Because a lot of people want to think that they're large and in charge. Now, our job as believers is to make sure that there is one stumbling block. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The worst thing that we can do is make multiple stumbling blocks along the way before you get to the fact that you are a sinner. To make it hard for people to get to the gospel. To make it hard for people to understand the gospel. So I want to talk to you today about removing all of the stumbling blocks until the gospel of Jesus Christ. In other words, we want it to be as easy as possible to hear the word of God. As easy as possible to respond and understand the word of God. So this verse says, look, we're gonna, we've got this one stumbling block, but we want to bring them in so that they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the first thing that we're going to need to do is we're going to need to serve. We're going to need to serve. One of the sayings that we have here at River Valley is save people, serve people. Save people, serve people. In other words, if God has brought you to salvation, then you begin to serve others so that you clear all of the stumbling blocks so that everything is as smooth and as easy as possible to hear the gospel. So think about our, our classic Christmas service. This is the easiest example. We do it multiple ways so that people can hear the gospel. The first of all, we do it uh, multiple times. Put up the slide for the classic Christmas. Think about how we do uh, classic Christmas in our service times. People are like, well, you know, we, we can't come on Sunday. Great. We have a service on Saturday night, Saturday at 4 o'clock, and you can still go to the parade uh, downtown afterwards. Okay. Well, some people will say, well, you know what? We work on Saturday. We can't come in. Great. We're still having Sunday morning, Sunday morning at 11th at 10 a.m. And then people will say, oh, you know what? That's my only day to sleep in. Great. We have Sunday night, 6 o'clock. I mean, you, you know, like there's as many avenues to hear the gospel as we, as we can imagine to get it done so that people can hear the gospel. We want to take away roadblocks. Think about kids' ministry. I mean, we have so many opportunities uh, with our children's ministry. In fact, uh, all of the, the, the children's ministry and what they do, it's really cool over there. The way that they present the gospel in stages as they walk around, it's, it's super cool. Um, and kids will come and they'll be like, that was so much fun. I want to come back. We do that. Uh, we make sure, like, I don't know if you've been before, like, our music is fantastic. We have uh, moms want pictures because it's not Christmas if you don't brag on Facebook. And so you got to brag about your family. So this place, we have, this year we have three different places that we're going to take pictures. Out front, we're going to have a classic truck outside that you can pose in front of, in front of the big tree in the center here. And then also on the sleigh at this edge over here. The sleigh looks cool, by the way, doesn't it? Uh, and it holds up. I tried it. it I mean, it is, it, you know. <laughs> and so, so it, I mean, so we have all of these these opportunities for to make it as easy as as possible along the way. Uh, we have uh, multiple times all of those. Now we've got to make sure that all of those things line up so that people don't look and children's ministry is understaffed, 
or people aren't greeted multiple times before they even get into the doors by having a, a hospitality team and a, and a parking lot team, those type of things. We've got to make sure that everything is as easy as possible so there's nothing that hinders by the time they get in here to even hear the gospel. They're like, man, this is fun. These people are friendly. This, I feel, you know, I feel my, my hesitancy lowering and, I, and I'm more ready to hear the gospel. So we pray for that all along the way. And the way that we do that is to make sure that we greet our guests. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to sign up to serve. Put this next slide up there for classic Christmas. The way to sign up is myriverValley.church slash Christmas. For you, uh, for you, you can do it as a couple. A lot of people do it as a couple. I think that's fun. Uh, to serve and to make sure that everything runs smoothly so that nothing gets in the way of people hearing the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. The biggest need we have right now, to be honest with you, is uh, Sunday night, 6 o'clock. Sunday night at 6 o'clock. Uh, so if you can serve, we would love for you to serve during that time. And you have the way to sign up on what you want to sign up there, children's ministry, those type of things. Sunday night at 6 o'clock. So we want to clear out all of the obstacles because then when the obstacles are clear, it makes an easy path. Let me give you a great illustration that uh, I read recently. 1919, Major Dwight Eisenhower, this is long before we, uh, you know, he would have been known on the national scene, is charged with a very specific task. America had just come out of World War I, and we saw Imperial Japan rising up, and they were really afraid. They saw that one day there was a quite a big possibility that we would go to war with Japan. Well, the problem was is that if Japan attacked America, they would attack on the West Coast. Most of uh, civilization was on the east of the Mississippi, so including all of the army, uh, most of the army installations. So Dwight Eisenhower was charged with a task. What would happen if we were attacked on the west coast of America? How long would it take for forces to go from the east coast over to the west coast to fight them? So Dwight Eisenhower had uh, 79 vehicles put under his disposal, 279 men, tractors, transportation trucks. They had a mobile blacksmith. Of course, they had ambulances. They had large cooking, uh, kitchen equipment, all of the things to transport these men. The convoy was three miles long, and it went fairly well uh, for the first bit from uh, Washington, D.C. until the Mississippi River because a lot of America had been developed then. But the whole uh, trip was 3,152 miles. And this is what they encountered when they got to the west of the Mississippi. This is what roads looked like in those days. That was considered one of the best roads. The group averaged five miles an hour for 3,152 miles. There was one stretch where it took them eight hours to go 200 feet because each individual truck had to be towed by a tractor through the mud. Here's another picture of them. You can see the how the roads were you could if you slid off at all and so it was just problem after problem day after day and it took them 62 days to get from the east coast to the west coast and eisenhower thought eisenhower understood if we were ever attacked on the west coast there's no way to get there in time to save the people on the west coast so here was eisenhower in 1919 he had a great idea what would it look like if somebody with some power were to make America an interstate road system? 
What would it look like to have roads that went from the north to the south all the way, straight through, well-maintained road? What would it look like from the east to the west so that people, and especially our military, could cross over if necessary? Somebody ought to do something about that. That was in 1919. 1948, Eisenhower becomes the 34th president of the United States and immediately enacts the interstate road system that you and I know today. And that's why we have, uh, it, what's really funny, I always thought, was they have interstate roads in Hawaii. Think about it. All right, so, so but they're, they're everywhere, and it's so easy to travel today. And now, if you need to move goods or services long distances, you have that ability. And in fact, there's no more obstacles to get in the way, and we're able to enjoy it. That's what we're going for. That's what we want to see, that there's no obstacles, that the kids have fun. The family enjoys their time together. There's plenty of seats. There's plenty of opportunities. They are met with friendship and fellowship and love and convenience. We serve those who don't know Jesus Christ so that they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we do as a people. Now, the Bible specifically tells us how to pray for this. Matthew chapter 9 verse 37 and 38 says, The harvest is abundant. He's talking about people, but the workers are few. There's a lot of people who can get saved in Bastrop and Bastrop County, but there's not enough of us working. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. So I want us to do our first prayer today. I want you to bow your heads, and I want us to do exactly what this verse says. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the harvest. Thank God for all of the people that are in our town, all of the people that are in our county, all of the people that are coming from across the nation. God, thank you for the harvest. But in order to accommodate them, we need more workers. So pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send out laborers. Ask God right now, God, help us to be a serving church. God, we pray that we would have an abundance of children's workers. God, we pray that we would have greeters all over our campus. God, we pray that we would look for opportunities to meet new people. God, we pray that they'll see the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to remove every stumbling block, first of all, by making sure there's none besides the gospel. We're going to serve. Number two, Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Paul is writing about his fellow Israelites, and he says, Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and my prayer to God concerning them, that's the nation of Israel, his people, is for their salvation. He says, I pray for my people to be saved. I pray that God would save my people and that they would come to know faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, in Romans chapter 9, verse 33, he says, I would rather that I would be damned and they would be saved. He's saying, I love my people so much that if I could switch places with them, that I would. He said, I have a heart's desire to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ. And believers in Jesus Christ, we pray for the lostness that is around us. We pray for those people who will come to faith in Jesus Christ, who will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this is what I want you to do. Normally, I never, ever, ever want you to do this, but I want you to pull your phones out right now. Don't answer the text, all right? Uh, so 
don't go shopping on Amazon, all right? But I do want you to open up your calendar and put in a reminder for 10 a.m. for the next seven days. Put in a reminder that'll ding on your phone 10 a.m. for the next seven days, and I want you to pray. And I want you to pray Romans 10.1. God, I pray that they, my heart's desire that you would soften my heart toward the lost, and I pray for their salvation. I've been doing this for the last seven days. I put it in, and I, I, I pray for lost people a lot, honestly. But I've been amazed at how much better and more consistently by having a reminder I've done in the last seven days. So pray at 10 a.m. If, if, if uh, there's a time that works better, I just did it because it's Romans 10. It's usually kind of when you're settled into your morning, and, and uh, I've been amazed at how God, how I I've been able to pray multiple ways that I never thought of before. Here's one of my favorite sayings about prayer. This is from a retired missionary. She used to say, prayer can do anything God can do. Prayer can do anything God can do. Some of you have somebody in your life and you're like, I don't know that they'll ever even come to church. Prayer can do anything God can do. I don't know that even if they came to church, if they would listen, prayer can do anything God can do. God loves them, and God wants to save them. Pray that God would do that. Now, in Romans 9, he describes something very specific about the Israelite people. The Israelites tried to commend themselves to God by doing good things. So they really thought they were okay with God because they were doing it. So he describes the specific situation of his people. So I want you to begin to describe the specific situation of the people that you're praying for. Lord, I don't know if they'll come. Lord, I don't know what it's, you know, I don't know all of these type of specifics. And then also, think about it. When you're about to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ for the first time, you meet some opposition, don't you? How many of you have ever had an argument between your husband and, between husband and wife on Sunday morning? Yes, so, yeah, some of you mean like today or, right? That's the deal, isn't it? It is. Now, isn't your worship amazing after a good argument? I mean, it is just great, isn't it? And then the pastor's preaching about sin. You look at your spouse and you're like, you better take some notes. Uh, because it's, it's so, I mean, I, in the early days, Mel and I used to go to uh, church some. And uh, it's hard to preach after an argument. So I leave her behind. I go alone. And so it's just, uh, it's just so much easier that way. So what do you do? Man, pray. God, don't let us, don't let the, the people that are, don't let something get in the middle that would keep them from hearing the gospel. Don't let the kids act up. Don't let the, the you know, them to have an argument. Don't let them to, a million different things. Oh, we got sick. Oh, this thing. God, clear every obstacle. God, so that they can hear this. So that they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christmas is amazing. Christmas Everyone celebrates Christmas. They might not celebrate the reason for Christmas, but I mean, it's just so universal within our culture of people celebrating this time of the year. But here's what we want to do. Our vision for a classic Christmas is our gift to River, or our gift to Bastrop County. We want to make sure that they understand the gift and that they understand it correctly because they don't in our culture. So, so this week I did a very, very Christmas thing. Uh, I watched this. You, have you seen this yet? Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. So fellow nerds, have you seen it yet? Oh, yeah, it's good, man. All right, so listen, I'm not recommending it, especially for little kids. And also, please don't come to me. It's like, it's not the, it's a guard, right? Don't do that. All right, but so we watched that this week, man. <clears throat> And it was funny because it's like every other Christmas movie. I mean, ever, even classics. It's this idea of like trying to find meaning in this time of the year. 
And there's a bunch of different ways to describe it. In this case, it was that, you know, Peter's from earth and, and uh, he didn't celebrate Christmas anymore. And, and so they want to give him a good Christmas and they go out of their way to do these things. And I won't spoil it. It's, it's pretty funny. Uh, and so, so uh, and, and they give him this Christmas gifts. Oh, you know, like Christmas is all about giving. Christmas is all about making other people happy. Christmas is all about taking care of them. Listen, there's a million of those out there. Let me tell you what. Christmas is not about giving. Christmas is not about family. Christmas is not about peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Christmas is about the God of the universe who sat on a throne and came off of the throne and humbled himself and was born in a barn so that the sin of the world could be taken on his shoulders so that the people of the world could have a relationship with God the Father. That's what Christmas is is and it's wonderful to give and it's wonderful to have family and it's wonderful to rest and relax but christmas is about jesus that he would come into their lives so we want to pray every obstacle go away from them and that they would know christmas is about a god who loved them so much that he gave off a, that he traded a throne for a barn so that they could know him so i want us to once again bow our heads and let's pray and this time, I want us to um, do a prayer walk in our mind. And I want you to think about the people that you will invite this, this Christmas season. And think about as you invite them that they would be excited. Oh, we'd love to come to Christmas with you. Pray for them as that nothing would get in the way. No arguments, no sickness, no last-minute things that would take them away. Pray that they would drive up and they would see, I mean, people, you, you know, when you walk or when you come into a church, you want to see people that are like you. Pray that they would see that. Pray that they would see friends. Oh, I didn't know they went here. Pray that as people greet them at the doors, out in the parking lot, they could feel, you know, they just start to settle. This is, oh, this is nice. Walk in your mind's eye through our children's ministry as they check in, as they drop their kids off. Maybe their kids are a little bit apprehensive at first about staying, but then they see all the fun things happening. They have a fantastic time that they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pray that as they sit into service, they don't just hear music played from the stage, but they see the people of God worshiping. That's huge. Such a powerful uh, tool that they would see us worship Jesus. Pray for the message. Pray that they would understand and that it would connect with them. My heart's desire. Pray God change my heart towards the loss. And then pray is for their salvation. God let them get saved. Not just have a good experience and think we should come back sometime. But actually get saved. We love you, Jesus, and we praise you. Amen. So we're going to serve, we're going to pray, and last, in verse 14 of Romans chapter 10, he says, How then can they call on him that they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? 
As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. And so Paul gives us this list of the way it works so that someone will call upon the name of the Lord. In other words, someone that will get saved. He said, first of all, that we are sent, that we are sent out into the world. We invite people, come hear the preaching of the word of God. You go out into the world and who do you invite? This is the way we say it at River Valley. Friends, family, coworkers, and neighbors. Friends, family, coworkers, and neighbors. You invite these people around you. Some of you, you know immediately some of your friends that don't go to church, that don't know Jesus Christ. You invite them to church. Some of you have family members. Man, we have a lot of families. We've done classic Christmas so long. They actually have their big Christmas gathering on this weekend. So all of their family comes because they might not go to a church back home. And I, every year I have, hey, my uncle's here. You know, he's here with the family. We're going to all sit together. Oh my, you, you know, this, this child is, is back and they haven't been to church in years. And we pray for that. Pray for your coworkers. Pray for those that you, you're surrounded by that you can invite to church. Pray for your neighbors. So a lot of my, I've, I've, a lot of neighbors who have been to River Valley over the years. Some have even, uh, you know, become members here and, 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 and found Christ in different things. Some praying for my neighbors, praying that they see that. You know, I've done this so long. I, uh, I, I specifically try to meet people at the gym that I, can, that I can pray for and that I can invite over time. And that's happened over the years. We've had several people uh, get uh, saved and baptized from, from the, the gym. And I met one the other day, and I write their, I write, you know how you do, like, so I won't forget them. I write their name and, like, a description of them. Yeah, you know, and so I, I always wonder, like, what are they writing about me? You know, ball guy. Uh, so, you know, maybe they're praying for me as well. I don't know. Uh, and so, but I, somebody's got to be sent to them. Somebody's got to be sent to them, and then they're going to hear the preaching of God, and then they're going to actually hear it and understand, then they're going to believe, and then they're going to call. Call on the name of the Lord. Guys, here's the deal about putting on work clothes. I put on these clothes today to illustrate a point, but let's be honest. As soon as services are over, I'm going home, and I'm taking a nap to the glory of God, all right? I'm not... I'm not jumping on my tractor. I'm not bailing hay. I'm not doing any of that, all right? So, so there, it's one thing to talk about, sh you know, uh, putting on work clothes. It's another thing to actually shuck the corn and actually something gets done. And let me tell you, let me be real honest with you here. I'm asking you to shuck the corn and to get it done. I'm using this as a simple illustration, but here's the deal. If you're not serving if you're not praying and you're not inviting, you're not getting it done. You're not getting it done. As clear as I know, get it done. This is the easiest, best week of the year to invite people to church. This is the best week. I mean, I'm telling you, it is so easy. Everyone celebrates Christmas. Every, it's unbelievable. And they will come and they will hear the gospel and they will get saved. So here's what I want you to do. There's cards on the, the, uh, the seat backs in front of you. I want you to grab two cards. Those of you on the second row, hand the people on the first row some cards. So I want you to grab two cards. And I want you to hold one in your right and one in your left. Everybody got them? All right, let's pray. And I want you to hold the one in your left hand. And I want you, as you bow your head, I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit, who do you want me to invite with this card? And the name or names that pop into your head, that's who God wants you to invite with that card. 
Now think about that card in your right hand. Jesus, who do you want me to invite with this card? The name or the names, that's who Jesus wants you to invite. I did this in the first service, and instantly God spoke to me in both hands. God wants his people to be saved. God wants us to come and have a relationship with him. So I want you to pray for these two cards and the people that they represent. Father, we thank you, God, that you've put us around friends, family, coworkers, and neighbors who need salvation. God, that you've put us as light into a dark world. I pray this week that we will pray for them every day. God, I pray that we will invite them. I pray that we'll, uh, you know, for me, one person, I've got to cross their path. All I know is the first name and that, that, they're at, that, that they're at the gym. I've got to cross their path. So, God, I pray that you would give us divine moments in order to invite people to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that as we're sent out, that they will hear the preaching of the word, that they will believe and they will call on the name of the Son of God. For your glory and in salvation's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.